I've learned a lot from losing the people who are closest to me. So I hope that everybody can live a better life because of the people who have loved them, who have moved on. Thank you again for doing this. I really appreciate it. This of is, course. I mean, I know I mentioned as well that pet thing, the pet conversation is something that I actually haven't had on this podcast. And I've had people actually reach out, hey, you should talk about pets. You should talk about pets. And I also, I'm being redundant again, but that one, it just sticks out to me when I was at my buddy's house and we'll start in a second, but he, he said that thing, how unconditional, I mentioned this to you on the phone, but how unconditional a love from an animal is. And there's so many, condi- even, you know, I lost my dad. There he is. There are so many conditions that come with that. You know, it's like, we, as much as I love my dad and I'm not, I'm not putting conditions on my dad, but there's just you know, it's like you come with conditions as humans, biases and prejudices and situations that change your opinion. But a dog or a cat or literally any animal in general, they don't give you any of that. So that has to be why it hurts so much, right? Almost, I don't want to say worse than a human, but. Yeah, I guess society um, dictates that you have so like norms and, and uh, you know, you have regrets with people, but usually never with with animals unless you have done something wrong to the animal, but they just love you unconditionally. And they're like little babies. I mean, the whole time, like you're saying, is that what you're comparing like the idea that they're so unconditional makes it seem like it's a baby? Yeah, like they're your, you know, they rely on you to care for them their whole lives. My dog died. Uh, he was 13. He was a chihuahua named Toby, but uh, he had such human eyes. He was like my little baby. But what connected me to my dog was that when I went away to college, I gave my dog to my grandmother. So she had Toby for about nine years um, and they were very close. So during that nine years, my grandfather passed away. So she relied on Toby for like comfort and cuddling. And I know that they were best friends. And what say, say the timeline one more time of when your grandfather passed and then she had Toby. Uh, I got my Chihuahua for $80 in Uniontown, Pennsylvania. I paid my girlfriend. She was looking to get rid of her dog. I was like, you can't get rid of this beautiful little Chihuahua, long-haired Chihuahua. I'll buy him from you. And I was leaving for UCLA like three weeks later, and that was in 2007. So, and he passed away in 2019. So she had, my grandmother had Toby for like nine, ten years. I'm, I want to get into the conversation of, you know, the grief of losing an animal because, as we mentioned, the how it's a conversation I haven't had and how unconditional they are. is It just changes the idea when people say that. Some people have, don't have the understanding of what it's like to lose an animal. How do you upset so much? But when you have – when it's so unconditional, the love they give you, it's just it, – it makes sense to me. I only lost one animal in my life. But what I wanted to get into is, real quick, $80? <laughs> oh, Yeah. I don't know. She just picked that price. I was, what was I doing? I think we were at her house and I was sitting on a lawn chair outside and I was drinking a beer. I was 17 drinking a beer and Toby ran up to me. I, of course, I had just met him this very second. Um, and he jumped on my lap because he was so thirsty. He was trying to drink my beer. And I thought it was just so cute that he was like instant lap dog on my lap. And he was like staring at me, trying to tell me I'm so thirsty. But animals just have unconditional love. They're just, he was so human-like. How's that mean? Is he cook you meals? Oh, I wish somebody would cook me meals. <laughs> me too. Tell good me. grief. So speaking of good gr- well, grief, we're going to get into, you know, both forms of the grief you've experienced, but specifically with your animal. What was that, what was that feeling? Obviously I could 
point some things out there, but what was that process? Because I'm curious what that grief process is for an animal, as we usually speak about human grief. I think speaking to your note on people don't realize or, or ask the question, why are you so upset over your animal dying? And unless you have connected to an animal the way that other people have, you'll never really understand. It's not something you can understand until you really go through it and experience it. And if your heart is open to bonding with an animal, then people out there really know what I'm talking about. It's just really painful, especially the way that Toby went. We we didn't know what was wrong with him. My partner and I had no idea at the time what was wrong with him. He just couldn't go to the bathroom. And it ended up that he had uh, colon cancer. And it took him so quick. He was only sick for 10 days and he passed away. So it was uh, just very sudden. And seeing your little baby, your little fur baby sick is really hard. I was, I think I was in bed for three weeks after he passed away. What were you doing those three weeks? Just Sleeping, trying to just, we were crying. We both were. It's so similar to the actual, you know, it, and I think on paper, as we kind of already discussed, it seems like a totally different, like you, how can you compare you losing an animal to a human? I, I understand where that can come from in many ways, of course, because, you know, a brother, sisters, mothers are different than animals, but it doesn't neglect the pain that comes from losing an animal. So how did you get out of that? Because as we're as strange as this is for me to say, I feel like you could. It's grief. It's grief in general. It's the same. Your, it's your flesh, your body, your flesh vehicle experiences grief the same. Um, I guess there are different levels, but when something or someone close to me passes away, I really go through the process. It's difficult to get over a death and. There's a lot of people out there my age, I'm 33, who have not lost any family members or maybe a grandmother or a grandfather, but they maybe weren't that close to them. Um, but I grew up in my grandparents' home, so losing them was like losing my parents. And now I've lost many family members and two animals. So I think I've dealt with a lot of grief over the past 15 years or so. It's hard, but life goes on. You still have bills to pay. And I think that can get out of control if you can't just you have to go back to life and living you think you it's have a, no choice you literally have no choice some people make horrible other you know um tragic choices unfortunately but how how thin is the line at least for you of just get, you know getting back to life realizing that the world keeps spinning and everything keeps moving and addressing how you feel you know what i mean did, did you feel like you just continued on while in pain and neglecting any of the grief you felt with your grandparents or even Toby, your your dog, does that make any sense? Like, how yeah. did you how did you kind of transition back into life? How did you feel, and what did you do? I think for me personally, the experience of taking a week to cry and to be silent and still is really important. Not many people have that luxury. They might be at their job, they find out, they fly home, maybe have one or two days. But I work for myself, um, so that's you know, a luxury that I was able to experience or get through my grief, but I wasn't able to take that much time off for any of the deaths that I've had, maybe like a week. It's just difficult. To take off. Yeah. So then how did you, how did you process it? I'm probably not uh, pros as processed as other people are, but you know, you'll, you'll have a good day and a bad day. You'll have a day where you're thinking about your, your grandparents and the trajectory of their lives and how you were a part of it and the things you could have done better or worse or, you know, it's just, it's, it's all a process. It's, uh, 
part of the human condition to experience death and your own death. So do you feel like we experience, like when, when we're alive and people that we love pass, as you, took, as, you, as you have experienced, do you feel like we're experiencing death or are we like death adjacent, if that makes sense? Mm, maybe spin your question a different way. I think we're death adjacent for sure. But uh, my mother said that when my grandmother passed away on that night she had, before I had found out she passed away, my mother had a dream that my grandmother was trying to pull her into this, like, starry night situation. And uh, she shared that with me, like, my grandmother wanted to show my mom what she was seeing during the process of death. What, did she explain that further? No, my mom had, you know, it was a dream, so that's all she really remembers, and that's what she could relay to me um, after, but she didn't know what it meant, and I don't think she's been very introspective on that, but I think of it often. And what have you pulled from it personally? That my grandmother, well, knowing my my grandmother, she was scared and wanted um, an extra eye on what she was seeing. (laughs) So how does that shift how you live your life if you you believe in something like that? I've always um, lived my life with the wisdom that my grandparents provided me growing up. They weren't very active, but they had a lot of like wisdom one-liners so I (laughs) they they often pop into my head with how I do things I might come off as a little weird sometimes because I was raised by two people who were in their 80s um I love that but no I guess just living my life knowing that she I believe her essence or her spirit something is still there because that energy borfs but never disappears so she is somewhere yeah, as they say, you can't. Uh, Energy is neither created nor destroyed. So if you right. can't destroy, I've said this so many times because I think that's so important. When people, I've had a lot of guests, and especially now uh, in the community, and people just responding to certain stories that have been on here about dreams that people pull meaning from, which I believe, and just anything about crossing over or afterlife, this or that. You know, people have plenty of opinions. It's easy to have both sides of the coin. My number one thing is saying kind of what you just said, the energy just doesn't, the energy doesn't go anywhere. It might transmute to a different form in some sense, but our energy, what we are cr- literally created of, doesn't, it doesn't get destroyed. And that is a scientific fact that we've all agreed upon. Mm-hmm. So I think that further, this furthers the belief and it's fine if people don't believe that. It's cool. I'm not putting it down anyone's throat. So believe whatever you believe. But is that something you've always believed in or did it take the passing of them to kind of make these realizations No, it's something that I've always believed in. There's something animating us as humans. There's an energy behind our eyes and, and we're made of light. It's, you know, everybody has their, their own thoughts and projections on what that means, but no, definitely that's how I've always felt. So how has death changed you? Death hasn't changed me yet. (laughs) I'm still here. It's trying to come for me. I wish I had a little sound right there because that was, that was it. The process, seeing seeing the ones that I love um, and being so close to death several times and while well, seeing it happen is really difficult. Watching my dog take his last breath and my cat, um, but I wasn't with my grandparents when they died. I had spoken to my grandmother of, about an hour before she passed away in her sleep. So I was able to say goodbye and I love you, which was a great luxury because not many people get that opportunity. And I always called her at night, but of course, LA is three hours 
um, or Pittsburgh is three hours ahead. So I called her very late at like 11 p.m. and then she passed away 1 or 2 a.m. and in her sleep. So I was able to be the last person that she spoke to. A lot of people don't have that luxury to say those last words, which I think is so important because there's so many things that we don't, we have the opportunity to say, I I have the opportunity to say to you, you have the opportunity to say to your people in your life, vice versa. There's always those opportunities, but we don't take those like in our everyday life. And that's why I think it's so important to hear stories like what you're saying is you had the opportunity to see someone right before they died and say this last word, but there's also the recognition that we had all this life before to say what we wanted to say. But then we keep pushing things off, just thinking that we have so much time. I don't. I don't do that. Maybe that's been my experience of death. I tell everybody how much I care about them. I try to have like, I call it energy integrity. If I do have a fight with somebody, I try to get it out and then make sure we don't go to bed angry because you really never know what's going to happen. And people have have said to me, yeah, yeah, whatever. We have tomorrow. Maybe we'll pass away in 10 years or 20 years, but we don't know. We don't know. Mm -mm. It feels like we do. I think, yeah. I think, especially we've been here so long. Well, not everyone, obviously, but I don't know. Things are just so routine and monotonous at times for some people, I guess. And we just, it just seems so automatic because we have the blessing to wake up every day. Not everyone has that, let alone wake up just okay. Like some people wake up in miserable pain and this and that. We don't, re- we just don't know that. I don't know. What is that? We just not being present or we just don't have the experiences to teach us that. Yeah, I think our perception hasn't been molded by great tragedy or yeah, even just general physical pain. Some people wake up in pain, whether it's emotional, physical, spiritual, um, that's hard to live through. So we're not always appreciating every moment because not every moment is enjoyable. Not every moment is enjoyable, but also I think we, I feel like we're always, when I say general we, take it or leave it, but commonly we live in either the past or the future. It's always, it's like always seems to be one or the other. So even though you're mm-hmm. saying, you know, sometimes the the present isn't enjoyable. Sure. I understand that. But at the same time, I think majority of the time, correct me if I'm wrong, if you think differently, if we're, it's either regretting the past, thinking about shit that happened prior or worrying about the future. And both of those are either done or hasn't happened. And so we're living in a fantasy world sometimes. You know what I mean? Yeah. That's our brain, our, our computer up in our head. It keeps moving, but it always wants to focus on the future or the past, but our spirit only knows the present moment. I feel like you're putting a sermon together and it's making me very relaxed right now. I'm just the, co- the coffee <laughs> I that I got or the beer that I drank. I'm like three drinks next to me right now. I don't want to put anybody out there asleep. Let's drink this. Uh... Well, no, sleep. Like, did I say what I said? I said relaxed. Oh, relaxed. Yeah, yeah, okay. yeah. I'm not feeling tired. No, no. It's a, it's a comforting thing. So what do you what do you think was the hardest part? Like was there anything emotionally that you felt the most during your grief process, during any grief that you've experienced or did you notice a difference between losing your grandparents and the grief you experienced losing a pet? Well, I ins- with my pets I instantly regretted not taking them to the vet more or when I was going on vacations the past 2 or 3 years prior to my pets dying, I was very like regretful of not like having the best care that I could have gotten them. I had babysitters, but it wasn't like, you you always have these like minute regrets that come into your mind. And especially with my grandparents, I wanted to help them more financially, but I wasn't at a place, you know, in 2010 or 2016. Now I am. So I try to give back to other people the way that they gave to me. But it's been just little regrets will start to 
interfere with your process of remembering your loved ones. So how do you work through that? I think it's a personal experience how you try to get over grief, but you never really get over it. It's not something mm -hmm. that you get over. Well, I mean, you're talking about regrets, correct? Yeah, you'll always you'll always have them. There'll, there'll always be a thought about it in my personal experience. Do you feel like you're still working that out? I think so. I, I'm not sure. It's just, I've just had to move on. Yeah. But that's what I was asking earlier about. I think there's a fine line between, I don't know the, I don't know the answer. This isn't me saying I know what's healthy or what's not healthy. I just, I, my personal opinion is I think there's a fine line between moving on because that's how I, I handled a lot. I still, I feel like I still handle a lot of things. I kind of keep going, even though lately the last year or so, I feel like I've been a little better at, and once again, I don't know if this is right, sitting in it, especially when I was younger, like my mom, when, when she lost her husband, I lost my dad. She was very keep going and not in a sense that of bearing she always she was cognitive of how I felt and try to like get me to talk I just wasn't one of those people but she was very she's like we went back in school the next week and my point is I wonder how much of a fine line there is between just okay understanding that life keeps going on which is great because the world does keep going we have to do that and be stoic in many ways but neglecting how you feel and pushing it down not feeling it like I think you said earlier it's it's hard to balance that. Like, how do you keep going while feeling it? Because it's hard to keep going when you feel it. And how do you feel it and keep going? Oh, part of my, I guess part of my process that has come up while you've questioned it is that I keep a lot of their pictures around. So I'm always constantly thinking about memories. Um, and my phone background is my animals who have passed away. So I really like try to keep them still alive, their memory still alive, and I still post about them occasionally. And working through your thoughts and regrets as uh, internal med meditation at times is really important to try and come to terms with something that bad that has happened between another human and yourself who has passed away, whether it's an argument that you got into that you can't apologize for. I think they're still out there or they're still, you know, checking in from wherever they are, checking in with you energetically wise, energy wise. So I think if you try to come to terms with that, whether it's just running the sim in your mind of the argument back and apologizing that way, at least from your end, you're healing the trauma of that. That's really important to do. When you mentioned and when we kind of talked about because you're talking about the healing aspects. So I just made a flashback of what you're saying about feeling it, right? You mentioned about sitting in it. Mm -hmm. Do you think sitting in it is enough or do you think it's a combination of everything, meaning, which I'm sure it is, but reflection and, or do you think literally just allowing yourself to feel it even without contemplation of why you feel it or where it's coming from, just allow yourself to feel it that with that, without any blockages, that'll be enough? Does that make sense? Because I, I feel like when you mentioned sitting in it, but also keeping going, like how do you, it's hard to say, like, I feel like sitting in it literally means sitting idle and kind of being by yourself and allowing yourself to feel whatever the hell you feel. And it's like, is that enough to bleed out those emotions to the point where you feel like you got it out? Is that a process? I think it's in small doses. Because I feel like that happened to me where I was feeling some shit that I was, I've been going through. And regardless of what it is, I feel like I felt better just allow myself to feel it. I don't know if it was the contemplation. I don't know if it was asking myself certain questions in my brain, just working it out, or if mm -hmm. it was just 
both of it. Like, I, I don't know. Part of me feels like I just allow myself to feel it and eventually it just hurts less. Yeah, you're right. Eventually it does hurt less as you're processing. I don't know the, I've never like consulted a therapist or even looked it up online. I've always tried to be just as introspective and intellectualize it the best that I can. But I, it's like, as you evolve as a human, you have to keep those who have passed like in your evolutionary process as you get emotionally stronger. They're still with you. What do you say to people that don't believe they're still with you? Not as not as if to make them believe what you believe, but you know, people believe what they believe. And how does someone cope this a similar way or how would you think they would cope? Not to tell someone what to do, but I'm not sure, but if it's a parent or a sibling, your lin- your cellular lineage is still alive. So you have to heal the traumas that have come into your family in some way. So I think you should consider bearing the burden of uh, being introspective about what's gone on and, and who and why someone has passed on. Who and why? Yeah, like the process of what happened to them. Like, say your, your dad was an alcoholic and struggled with his mental health. Because he is your father, you might, you know, later in life struggle through that yourself. So I guess you just, just just continuing the process of being the best person that you can be is going to help you go through death and experience and get, get over deaths that happen around you. Being cognizant is what I'm, I'm saying. Even if you don't yeah. believe that they're in heaven or if they go anywhere, you have to still, you're still here on earth. You have to um, evolve yourself. Yeah. What do you think it is about, do you think people, most people are scared to get to go introspective? I feel like a lot of people aren't. A lot of people aren't. I think we're growing as a, as a, a human race. It's like a, overall, like a collective consciousness? Yeah, definitely. How do you explain that? Oh, social media or just part of the process of there are so many humans out there. <laughs> do you think there's been a, I feel like since COVID, I feel like COVID was a big sh- shift, not even a shift, just I think people really contemplated their immortality even more because that was a, such a that was a uh, maybe the wrong context but the, that was a kind of a collective consciousness shift globally for sure we all had to take a time out yeah t- a time out and it made us sit in our shit and just and a lot of people aren't cool with that and a lot of people had to think about i think death even more mm-hmm. what what is i mean what, why do you think people a lot of people fear death I, there's many answers to that but what do you think the the big fish is Oh, for me, it's like, uh, I mean, 2020 definitely taught me a few things. I definitely had a new lens of discernment after all of that, like 2020 vision, so to speak. But I think it's a little egotistical for me to want to keep this life for for longer. I don't know if I'll have another life or if I have past lives, but I kind of like what I've got going on. I don't want anything to change. I like you know, being the woman that I have like grown into. So it's a little bit like the fear of it is I don't want to have to start the game over, you know? (laughs) (laughs) So do you believe in, is that kind of a segue to you believing in reincarnation? I think so. I'm not sure. And that's the point to life. None of us know. Nobody knows. You might have a strong feeling about what's before or after this, but nobody knows. That's what it is. So I said that recently because I'm I'm kind of the school of skeptic skepticism where I, I have my beliefs, but I don't think anything's absolute until we know. 
but so many people have, that's fine too if I, I it goes back to the belief system if you believe if whatever you believe in you know makes your makes you feel better and makes your life better then sure but i'm just like oh, we don't i don't know I nobody th- knows this this seems right that like, based on that oh my god that seems like a good path but at the same time we we i don't know till I, we're not going to know until we know but whatever the hell works for you what works for you I'm a little jealous of those who have passed on because they have all the answers now. Or maybe they don't either. Maybe it's just another level and just in another game. Who the fuck knows? I don't know. I think if we keep dying, maybe I think we, maybe we learn a little bit more each time. Hope so. I sure hope so. Because what are we doing? What are we, like, what are we doing? Yeah, a lot of people just bulldoze through life and then uh, they're not gathering any information. That's the big thing for me that you, know, you just I just visualize humans bulldozing through life. Mm-hmm. It's it's I don't know that sucks because I find myself bulldozing through life sometimes. When I have tasks to complete or missions or goals that I want to accomplish. Um, it's a beautiful thing to be hyper focused on goals like this podcast for me, for example. But this podcast also reminds me to be present, like in just even our conversation. Like I don't even want to think about anything else. I should close that door because I feel like I'm thinking about other things through that door. But what I'm saying is I just bulldozing through life is no, it's no way to live life, but it's also the, I feel like the most common way to move, to live life. And like, we have to, like, it's the, as corny as it says, it's the journey. Like we're, it's like we're all bulldozing in the same direction. We're bulldozing to the day we die, but we have to slow things down. And I think thinking about this conversation and thinking about death will diminish that bulldozing if that makes sense the majority of the world's population have they have no time to think or or be introspective on anything they're working um a lot of people don't have the time they have kids that they have to worry about they don't have the luxury of of sitting down yes i i agree in many cases that i think more people have uh, more opportunities to consider things and they just have due to different lifestyles and advantageous and disadvantaged situations they have different times to it but I, I still think there are times I think you, like everyone goes to the bathroom you can take seven <laughs> seconds I think when people think about things it's like we, we have to contemplate it for hours yeah if you have more time to contemplate that's great but if you don't like we gotta take a pee break gotta go to the bathroom you could take however long it takes you in that room to do what you're doing, take a second right there. You know, there's always a moment, you're in line at the DMV because you got to get your kids light, whatever it is. Take that moment. Any opportunities there are to contemplate. So I do agree with what you're saying, but I still think there's always time for for that. That's true. I'm, I'm pushing the bathroom meditations right now. That's pretty much what I'm saying. <laughs> the only privacy some people get. <laughs> <laughs> Seriously. I mean, it's like I said, just take advantage of whatever time you can. So how long has it been since you lost your grandparents again? Remind me of the timeline. How long has it been? Uh, my grandfather was in 2010 and my grandmother passed away in 2016. 2010, 2016. So you're, what is that, 13 and then another six, seven years, whatever. And after that, have you noticed any difficulties that still remain to this day or do you feel good? Oh, some personal difficulties, just wanting to have helped them more financially or my grandmother didn't want to go to the doctor. So I really regret just making her go in for a checkup. I think her last checkup was like 25 years prior. So those are things that obviously cannot be helped now, but yeah, you just dwell Sometimes after a death, you dwell on things. So it, it relates to what you said earlier. It just seems like the hardest, I'm not defining it, sorry for saying it is the hardest, but one of the things you have been working with is, once again, regret and things that you mm-hmm. could have, should have done. 
Yes, for sure. So when you're saying you dwell on this regret, because I mean, that's, that's, I think that's natural. I think about that in things and occurrences that have nothing to do with death, just regret in general. I believe I asked it in a different way earlier, but what are you doing now while you're dwelling with regret? Is there anything specific, any modalities that you do to work through that? Or is it just contemplation and thinking about it until it just fizzles off? Oh, I often have conversations with my grandmother, think about what she would say to me. What's she saying? Right now, what does she say? Well, sometimes she will come to me in a dream. I think I've had two or three over the past five years that are, that really stick out. Um, but those are personal things that I can't say. I cannot say on the podcast, but I'm sure there are people out there who's who have loved ones that come to them in dreams. I think that's our only way of really processing what's happening to us subconsciously. So keeping like a, a book that where you can write things down next to your bed, I think that will be important to the process. We also don't know what dreams are. That's a whole other thing because I've had several conversations about the dream thing and people are like, it's just a dream. But I believe in the power, the subconscious mind is everything almost, virtually everything. So it's like... Obviously in life, it's never, that's just that or it's just right? this. Yeah. Like everything's important. There are things that we don't have the senses to see. Like the air is ether. There's something there. Whether you're spiritual or not, there's like... You can argue with me, but there's there's magic out there. So the more you introspect or think about, contemplate the magic of life, you know, I can make a human baby in nine months, like fully yeah. spiritually equipped, brain works great. Like, like there's magic out there. So if you don't believe in magic, maybe you should think about what's going on in your own heart to not see the magic of life. It's if it, You couldn't have said it any better because I'm sometimes you catch myself just like, I'm not even high or drunk or anything at that time. I'm just flicking a light switch. I'm like, that's crazy that we can just get electricity. Like the little tiny things. I think things are so monotonous and routine. Even if I don't understand how this interface is recording this right now, that alone is crazy. Think about quantum physics and that I know nothing about and just science in general and how our body operates. It's, it's so insane. The, it's, sometimes I think the most routine things that we take for granted every day are the most magical things. And because it's routine and we see it every day, it gets demagitized if that's not even a word but you know what i mean it's like and, and i think that's a great way to look at it because we dump things down way too much when it's just, it's in, the fact that we're alive and talking and communicating and and there's this nonverbal communications and we still get intuition and feelings there's so much bizarreness in this world like you said and it is magic and just to say that you can just dump things out this is not so that is not so I wish I can watch people's reactions who are like non-believers. Then when we pass and they become believers in any way, whether I'm wrong or right, doesn't matter. Just like, I want to see people's reactions because we're about to find out some shit. I know that's such a time waster to not believe in things. And yeah, I mean, and that's the crazy part. So many people are going to be right. So many people are going to be wrong. It's like, we all believe, or maybe we'll all be right because maybe we just create our own reality. You know what I mean? Like, I think that's what life is. I think we create our own reality now. So maybe that transmits to what happens next. Like maybe whatever heaven, hell, no heaven, nothingness, like is what we believe in what happens. Yeah, all based on our own internal frequency and how we view things. Who knows? Who the fuck knows, man? Someone knows. My dad might know because he's, he's, he's doing something else. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. Like I, I don't know. It just, I think it's, are you scared of death? I'm a little bit scared to have not done everything in my capacity in this life to fulfill what I need to fulfill because we all make mistakes as humans. So I guess my only fear is disappointing people to 
you know, loved ones or whomever to where it can't be rectified or fixed. I'm disappointed in certain things, certain decisions I've made in life, never having those things get better or a different things come to pass. I don't know. Those things kind of bother me about death, but no, I'm just, I'm, I wake up happy, try to stay as positive as possible. Sometimes it's very difficult, but um, yeah, I try to limit my, my, uh, mistakes in life so that I don't have too many regrets. Are you are you very calculated? Like do you take your time with decisions? Or are you impulsive? I think my friends would say I'm very impulsive, but I would say that I'm calculated. Yeah, I don't know. I don't I just met you, but no I, idea. Interesting. I could I feel like I could see you being impulsive. And this is me completely judging you without knowing you. I thought I the way, the way you're talking, I'm just pulling from it saying how you're um I was kidding about the judging. <laughs> uh, you can judge me. It's okay. We all do it. I, no, I try not to. I'm not judging. I'm, I want to learn about you. And I, it seems like you're, you're, you seem to have the, you bring up multiple times about regrets and then decision based uh, repercussions. How you're talking now, you kind of mentioned it twice about the regrets yes. you've done in the past and then now potentiality for making decisions you haven't made yet that are going to turn bad. So is this all related to loss in your life and losing opportunities to rectify something? Or is this just from past mistakes? Or is this just maybe your magic brain? I don't know. Well, as I get, because I was an only child, so as I get older, I guess socially or in just in life, you figure out maybe you shouldn't have made that decision. But when you're young, you don't think about those things. Like, yeah, I'm going to do this bikini shoot because I want to. Or yes, I'm going to say yes to that job because it looks cool. But actually sitting down and thinking about what you're doing. Young people don't have the capacity. I mean, our brains aren't formed until 25. So I used to have like the common sense problem, like maybe you shouldn't date somebody who's toxic or beating you up. That was a mistake. You know, we all make mistakes, but yeah, I try to be as calm and cool and collected when I'm making decisions. And I try not to be as impulsive as I used to be. I'm trying to do that too, because I'm very, I'm pretty impulsive, but I'm also calculated at the same time. I like that it's a good balance. It's all but about balance. I think literally everything my mom uses, still says, like everything in moderation. I truly believe that. Even the, I mean, I don't want to go down a rabbit hole of bad shit, but it's like everything in moderation for the most part. And I, but when I say moderation, I think everyone thinks it's always down the line. I don't think that. I think sometimes maybe you push it too hard, but then maybe you get a little scarce after that. And that's still moderation by law of averages, if that makes sense. Or maybe that's justifying bad actions. I, I mean, don't that's know. That's justifying okay. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah, I, was, I wasn't sure you're going to pick that up, but thank you anyway. So I'm going to move on from there. Um, you know, the thing about decision, especially as it relates to death, when I, mean, I think it's dan- it's not dangerous, but it ma- it makes you it makes you think about the decisions you make even more when you face death because it brings up the finality behind it, and that and there is finality behind decision making. I think that's why making big decisions are scary because once you make this decision, you have to stick by it. For and the rest of your life sometimes. For the rest you know? of your life. And I think we got to be easier on ourselves and the decisions we make. And maybe I'm speaking to myself based on my own poor decisions in my life. But I think with decision comes responsibility for any potential consequences that may come with it. And I think you just got to eat that because we're not going to make the right decision. As Jimmy the Cricket says, you're not going to please everybody. And I think it's important to make these decisions, but also be cognitive of the fact that you know, in relation to death, without making decisions, you're going to, it might lead to regret. And you, and you, you might have regret regardless, even if you make a decision. So regardless, you're damned if you do, damned if you don't. 
Yes, you are. And your decisions are leading up to your death. If you're abusing your body, death is going to come for you faster. So it's just, yeah, make make better decisions, I try to tell myself, but it doesn't work that way. <laughs> but I think, yeah, I think you got to make bad decisions to make better future decisions sometimes. True. That's true. You know what I mean? So even all those, like any of the regrets that you may or may have had, I mean, what else can you do when it comes in the form of having an inability to rectify it because someone's gone? It's like your grandparents are gone, so you can't rectify a past decision. All you're going to do is dwell on it, like you said. So again, like living in the past or living in the future, you got to spend, I think we got to spend like a little bit of time in each place because one's already done. So all you can do is learn. One hasn't happened. So all you can do is prepare. And the only thing that's currently having is right now. So we got to live. And you have to equip yourselves with the appropriate amount of each of those in order to live properly. So it goes back to balance. Everything in moderation. Yeah. Oh my God. Sometimes I think life's so simple and then I realize it's not, but I still think it is. Like there's so many magic, as you said, that's going on, like right in front of our eyes that we can't see. But like, let's just leave that to the stardust. Let's just like let that, the law of nature and just like, let that just do its thing. And we just got to do what we can do. Mm -hmm. And I think that relates back again to life. We're going to lose people. We're going to make bad decisions. And no matter what, everything, all the magic around us can keep, keeps going. It's true. It's our birthright to experience life. We're here. I know. And it's just like, fuck, life is just... It's hard, and that's okay. I think the fact that it's hard makes it. If it was easy, I don't know if it'd be as good. I think it's like it's it's corny, but like I, how are you gonna enjoy life without pain? And I, I think that's the beauty. Like, like what is it? I don't know. It's Buddhist, but like suffering is life. And I think the quicker we can embrace that, it'll be a little less hard if we just embrace and just understand. Like, I'm gonna. There's gonna be shitty days. I'm going to lose my loved ones. My mom's not going to be here someday. And I don't want to dwell on that because it's going to make me sad in the moment, once again, thinking about the future. But with that thought, in a sensitive manner, it should help me live now fuller. By, That's very well said. You know what I mean? By yeah. everything. I'll show from the regrets that you said. You're now, you said it earlier again, how all your friends, you don't leave people on a bad note and you, you express yourself maybe differently based on lost in your life. And that's the beauty of it. I do. I've learned a lot from, from losing the people who are closest to me. So I, I hope that, that everybody can live a better life because of the people who have loved them, who have moved on or, you know, passed. So is that the biggest lesson you've learned from loss? Mm, let's sum it up. What do you think the biggest lesson is that I've learned? You want me to tell you what you learned? Yes. <laughs> Oof. That's a, that's a, that's put me in a bad spot. Um, <laughs> I put my glasses on. Now I'm saying I know, weird I saw, things. I love that. <laughs> Should have had them on the whole time. I wish I had my. I lost my glasses, so I'm just gonna. I'm just naturally weird. <laughs> um, what have you learned? I think. I think you've learned, a which you've already said very bluntly that our time here is limited, and you don't know what's going to happen next. Therefore, with that unpredictability yet predictability of life, knowing that we can leave at any moment, it's more vital than ever to leave on a good note, leave on a high note with someone, let them know you love them, let them know how you feel and because you never not see him again and you don't want to have the regret of not doing something because it won't be able to be rectified later. And so I think it's a balance of being here, being present, not in a morbid way, but realizing you don't know if, if we're going to have it tomorrow with our life, with someone else's life. 
So it's more important than ever to express yourself now and be loving now and be grateful now. And even if you're in a bad mood with somebody, just don't say goodbye on a, on a bad note because if it's going to be so much worse. Whatever you feel now, if you're pissed at someone and you don't want to kiss them goodnight, it's going to be so much worse if they die tomorrow. And just because you had to hold on to this anger now, the regret is going to kill you. So I think we got to yes. I think we got to be more cognitive of the potentiality for regret, but also don't hang on regret too much because you don't want that to alter your decisions as well. Yeah, use it as a catalyst to be a better person and be empathetic and and put wisdom out there to other people who seem like they're struggling with the process of life. Process of life means everyday shit. Everyday shit, yeah. Processing your emotions, it's hard. When you get into an argument, it's hard to make up, but it's, it's, so it's like so so pivotal to do that. It's so important to not go to bed angry because, you know, my grandmother passed away in her sleep and my mother's best friend um, had an argument with her husband. He went out grocery shopping and never came home. He was hit by a car and that was they had a big blowout fight and it can never be healed. And it's not worth it's not worth latching on to that. Like I without getting into anything super personal, like I was last year, like last year I went through, been going through like a breakup and you know, you get in those moments. It was not, it was, it's just, you know, you, you get in whatever conversation you're getting and you're not in the best mood with, with each other. But even through that, I never wanted to, I had a really hard time lingering in any negativity because there's still so much love there. And like, it was never a love issue. And even with the negative, I never wanted to leave on a negative note, like that specifically, especially with someone I love so much. So it's like, even through those moments, I feel like that's, I am agreeable to you. That's what I learned. I can't leave someone on a bad note, even if I'm going to be angry with them next day. Like I have to let, like, I don't, I can't do that because like, I know from experience, not from experience that I had any negativity with my dad when he passed or anyone in my life. I've been blessed. Thank God. Or whoever, to not have that regret of leaving someone on a bad note. It's just the awareness that it's possible. The awareness that I've had death close to me and so have you. Like that that just makes it so much more possible until it happens to you type shit. But like, yeah, it's it's easy to focus on the negative and it's very hard, like you said, in that moment to let go of whatever anger, whatever you're feeling towards someone right now. But just know whatever it is, especially if you know you love this person, just at least squash it for a second right there. Just, even if it's just before bed, you can still maybe be angry, but don't don't leave it on that shitty note. Mm-hmm. It's so much easier said than done, but it's it, it's worth swallowing your pride. God, it sucks. Life is hard, <sighs> Life, but it can also be so beautiful. That's the thing. It's it's hard. It's so beautiful. Like I just got like emotional for a second, but this coffee has a splash of vanilla that I didn't know about because it's all the way at the bottom it's all the way at the bottom and i think (laughs) that's the full life of surprises right we got right there oh right summed up (sighs) summed up in one bottle a bottle of coffee (laughs) there we go i'm happy you asked me to get this coffee um thank you for that caitlin is there any i don't know is there on the topic i'm I'm looking at all your books you got these are just a couple of them because i had humble on who's wrote that book humble the poet was on bruce was on who's on my one of my favorite books of all time that's claire bidwell smith that wrote that anxiety book great person, great author. And then um, Patrick Patricia Carst wrote those children's books, one about loss. That's Dr. Dre. I have not had him on the podcast yet. I don't know why that's there. But um, <laughs> these are just some people that have been on. And um, Well, I- the book Anxiety, The Missing Stage of Grief, that I just, I'm judging the book by the title, but I really like the title. Uh, you, can take, um, you can take it on the plane if you want, if you're feeling any anxiety. 
Oh, thank you. A lot of my girlfriends go through anxiety. I don't, I think I only experience anxiety because you can tell I'm a super calm person when I drink too much coffee. So I know I've gotten slowly or slowly, slowly or say, uh, <laughs> more slowly jacked up as a podcast gone on because it's been less coffee. But that book is actually, uh, Claire talks about um, how it says the missing stage of grief. It's interesting how anxiety isn't really discussed too. I think it is more prominent now, but she focused on she felt anxiety during her grief, which is something I guess it's not as prominently discussed as the other stages of grief. Mm, so it's really interesting. interesting. Yeah, which makes sense. I could see that. You know, you're losing your parent, losing someone, you just feel a wave of anxiety that they're not with you or X, Y, and Z. It's, um, I don't know, there's no formula to the grief process. I, I don't think. I think there's modalities that work and things we should be conscious of, but it's not linear. Everyone's going to hit it differently. Mm-hmm. And I think that's okay. Oh, is there any mic drops you want? Anything that you feel like you need to get off your chest? How are you doing today? Oh, I'm stressed today, but life is good. Got bills to pay. Got to go to work in the Caribbean so I can't complain. Yeah, sounds terrible. Yes, so terrible. Sunshine. <laughs> Sunshine. Yeah, that's amazing. I think uh, you got me a food. I want to thank you for being here. You know, I think... It seems like you really you are very introspective in looking at yourself and looking at the process. I can't tell if you still have a lot of things to work out or not because it seems like a couple of things you brought up made it seem like you still you haven't you've stayed busy and you've been working and focusing on your life. So I'm curious to see if you feel like you still have things to massage out. That's kind of a question. I guess so. I mean, well, let's look at it personally. So my grandmother passed away. And someone in my family, you know, a close relative, uh, actually got arrested in Pennsylvania for stealing money, embezzling money through his funeral home. And he's in jail right now because of it. And that was the funeral home that I chose for us. And things later came to pass where I paid for her tombstone, and then he never purchased it. So that was part of the lawsuit. And the state, the, the state of Pennsylvania actually sent me like uh, money for that. I guess, in his damages or restitution. But uh, yeah, somebody in my family just happened to steal the money that was meant for her tombstone. So there's little things that still need to be taken care of. And my mother and I decided that they're just going to have their, like a a mausoleum type thing. So there's little decisions in death that you don't think about, but I wish that she would have had a will and I could have made certain decisions for her, but she didn't expect to pass away. So maybe that's my little piece of advice, everybody out there. Everybody needs a will. And I think it's important to do that for your loved ones, because it's very stressful to not only deal with the grief of losing you, but also like the business decisions of death. I had a man on that was talking about that. It's just, there's so many little crumbs that get left behind. And sometimes I think the person that died, I don't know, they're leaving us with a lot. Not in, that's a lot. It's a lot, yeah. And, that, and the, that's what I'm saying when you say move on. Like, there's so much stuff that comes with grief about because life keeps going. What is the bills, the kids, work, X, Y, Z? To juggle all that, it's hard to find the time to get through it. But you, we have to. We have to keep going. But you have to find a little moments, even if it's five seconds, ten seconds of the day. Um, we got to kind of check in with ourselves and check in with the people around us because grief is a motherfucker. Yeah, you have to plan plan things out. Yeah, it is. And it's not morbid if you think about it. It's just, this is the reality, guys. We're all going this way. That's why we're talking about it so much. We all end up the same place, in the same place, no matter where we're from. I think so. What if we don't? 
have to like page you from a different planet. Hey, did you listen to our episode? <laughs> you went to one planet, I went to another. <laughs> yeah, maybe it's like a Pisces planet or something. Actually, speaking on planning, I'm freezing cold. I'm going to put my jacket on real quick. Yeah, we're probably going to check out anyway, so you can put it on at the end of the episode anyway. Um, oh, no. Doing it right now. Okay. <laughs> All right. So she started the episode with that and ending with this. Um, Kayla, I do want to thank you for taking the time to hop on here, share your experiences. You're the first person to discuss the grief of a pet, which is- I can't believe that I'm the first one. I know. I mean, besides Patrice, because she actually wrote a book that was about essentially animals, but we didn't get into like any specific personal experiences. But I I think it it was important that you brought it up because grief is grief is grief. And- um, you know, even if they're your fur babies. Even if they even if they're your fur babies or even if it's just loss of a relationship, I'm not comparing it because it can get some kind of want to get some kickback for comparing grief of a relationship and losing someone. Yeah. I'm not saying that. I'm just saying it all hurts and there are similarities here and there. Um so regardless, let's just uh let's just be here. I don't know what else to say. But um I just do accept thanking you for hopping on here. Oh, thank you for having me. Of course. Is there anything you wanna is there any um non-death-related stuff that you need to plug before we get out of here or just uh, peace out, going to St. Martin? Gosh, no plugs. Just follow me on Instagram. There we go. We'll plug our Instagram mm-hmm. down below in the link. And um, thank you again. And as always, y'all, thank you so much for tuning in to another episode of Dead Talks. Until next time, ciao.